Welcome to Title Now. This is Melissa Murphy with The Fund. I am very excited about these podcasts because I think that they are a great opportunity for me to share important information with you. And this first podcast, I want to focus on Fund Assembly 2017. We just got finished with Assembly last week, and I believe that every year it is better and better. One of the things I get the opportunity to do is present my perspective on current events in the world of title insurance and the closing industry. What a great opportunity for me to share my perspective on what I think you should be paying attention to. Some of the time I get to talk about politics. Some of the time I get to opine on what I think regulators should do. But other times I deliver substantive information to you. And this year, a part of my comments included a very, very timely topic, and that has to do with the brand new commitment form that's out there. The Office of Insurance Regulation recently approved a new commitment form, and it is now available for your use. Soon enough, you will be required to use this new form, and so it's important that you take some time to learn about it, to understand the why behind it, and learn about some of the technical aspects so that you can continue to efficiently do what you do every day. Many of you did not have the opportunity to attend Fund Assembly, so I want to share those comments with you now. Here I am on the stage at Fund Assembly last week. So what's my focus about this year? Jimmy talked a lot about vision for the fund. He talked a lot about change. Um, I will mention some of those things also, but for the most part, I am gonna talk about the here and now. So what are the hot topics since last year's assembly? No question about it, cyber fraud is the winner. Last year, I talked about third-party certification of best practices, and I predicted that that was the next big issue that would face the industry. But that was quickly overshadowed by cyber fraud. Within a month, we started hearing about the diversion of sellers' proceeds. We started hearing about wire instructions being falsified and monies being diverted that way. And as early as June, my weekly emails and blog begin to regularly include references to cyber fraud. So where are we now? Well, the criminals haven't gone away. They have honed their skills. They've gotten smarter. They've gotten more clever. I read yesterday that the FBI has reported a 480% increase in the number of wire fraud crimes being reported. That's an amazing increase. I think that's 2016 over 2015. I think we're doing a good job of raising your awareness about this problem and keeping it you know, in your frontal lobe here on a daily basis. We are traveling around the state, making presentations to you at your real estate council meetings. Join your real estate council. 
And we are giving you tools uh, in the form of flyers and other material that you can use uh, to give to your staff, to realtors, to buyers, sellers, to lenders, to educate them about this phenomenon of email fraud and cyber fraud. And all of that is good information. But my message remains. It's not a matter of if you will become a victim, it's when. This is a topic on which I want you to continue to share your experiences with me. That's the way uh, I can stay up to date with the ways in which the criminals are behaving and the ways in which this situation presents itself to you. I'm sorry to report that many of you have received a letter from a national lender recently that has taken you off their approved closing agent list because you have closed fewer than five loans in the last 12 months. This concerns me because many of you do not do a high volume of transactions, but this doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. The letter did leave room for the consumer to pick you as the closing agent, but you would have to go through some special additional procedures to be approved, and the letter doesn't elaborate on what those might be. And I um, had the experience of learning about another situation with this same lender where the local loan processor said, well, if the seller writes a letter giving me a thorough explanation of why the seller wants to use the fund member, we can approve them, or we can consider it. So obviously my fear is your fear, that this is a national trend and other lenders will follow suit. At this point, I'm not sure what we can do about it, uh, but I would suggest that you reach out locally to the people that you know in the local offices of these national lenders and be preemptive and talk with them about this situation, see what you can learn about it, and see whether or not there are any solutions that you can come up with. This is another example of an issue that I need to hear from you on so that I can keep up with how pervasive this is and what solutions, if any you end up working out with a national lender. So thank you in advance for that. I hope you've heard that there's a new commitment form. Uh, OIR, the Office of Insurance Regulation, has approved a new commitment form. And I want to spend a few minutes talking about the why first. And then I'm going to talk about some top level things that you need to know about today. So recall that our title insurance forms, our commitments, policies, and endorsements come from the American Land Title Association. They are promulgated by that association because the purchasers of title insurance, owners and lenders, they want standardization of coverage. They want to know whenever they buy title insurance, they want to know what kind of coverage they are getting. So Alta produces the forms, but then they have to be approved by the agency in every state before they can be used. And in our case in Florida, it's the Office of Insurance Regulation. So Alta, uh, the forms committee decided that uh, we needed to make some changes to the commitment form to clarify 
that the relationship between the underwriter and the insured is one of contract. Plus, the commitment form had not been amended in over a decade, so it was obviously time to look at it again and make some changes. The Office of Insurance Regulation approved the new form effective April 17th, so it's now okay to use the new form. It is still okay to use the old form, and that will be the case for some period of time until OIR withdraws its approval of the old form, and then the only commitment form will be this new one. But that has not yet happened. So what do you need to know today about the new commitment? First, the jacket is part of the commitment now. So it needs to be provided along with the insides, schedules A, B1, and B2. The next thing you need to be aware of is you need to start moving away from using TBD to identify the coverage amount and the proposed insured. This is a contract, and in order to have a contract, you have to have essential terms. And certainly the amount of coverage and the protected party, those are both essential terms. Now we know that this is challenging for you. It will change customs and practices of many of you. And so we are phasing in that change with our branch products, but we ask you to do the same. So I wanna um, ask you to begin adopting new procedures and processes in your office to move away from this. So use the appraised value for the amount of coverage. Use an estimate of the construction loan for the lender's policy. Put a name in the proposed insured for the owner's policy. The buyer on the contract, even if you know the contract is gonna be assigned to an entity or to another purchaser. But begin adopting new behaviors in order to comply with the terms of the commitment which say this commitment isn't effective until an amount of coverage is filled in and a proposed insured's name is filled in. We also know that there are unique situations in which TBD makes a lot of sense, and so we're trying to work uh, with the industry to come up with solutions for that type of situation. If you're a double-time user, the way you will access the new commitment form is through downloading a new release, 706. That release will be available to you on May 15th, and as with other releases, uh, you will receive an email saying it's time for you to download 706, please do this. And that's how we handle all of our releases. And we send those emails out in stages because if all 1,800 of you downloaded the release at one time, the system would crash. If you are not a double-time user, you can get the new form perhaps from your software vendor and you can also go to the fund's website where there's a link to the new commitment form. It's a fillable PDF form. You can also get it through ePolicy Man uh, Manager and For Real. We are developing FAQs, so keep an eye out for those. And I hope that those FAQs will answer most of your questions, most of your practical questions. And lastly, uh, register for a town hall. We had a town hall on the new commitment on April 26. We had over 300 people register and attend that. We have another one scheduled for May 16th, 
So I encourage you to register and attend that one. And then there will likely be another one scheduled for sometime in the summer because I am confident we will need to update the information. This year's legislative session. It ended just a few days ago, I think Monday night at 9.15 or something. Mike Merrington will give you his annual update tomorrow on the bills that passed and give you as up-to-the-minute status reports on those as he can. But I do want to go ahead and mention a few things today. First of all, estoppel. An estoppel bill did get passed. It is not the estoppel bill that we would like to see. Pay at close was rejected by the legislature. But we did get the community association management folks to agree to caps for their regular um, delivery of the estoppel certificate and caps on their rush fees. And we did negotiate for additional information to be included in the estoppel certificate that should significantly improve the type of information that a buyer gets prior to closing. And that additional information will help you also as the closing agent. Electronic wills, trusts, and living wills are now a part of your life in Florida. Now, aspects of that new law um, are not effective until April 1st of next year. So that will give us time to work over the summer with the proponents of that bill to get tweaks made to it uh, that can be passed by next year's legislature. No changes to MARTA. So MARTA is intact and is still a very valuable uh, rule for us in the title industry. And there was a lot of condominium legislation this year. One bill in particular created criminal penalties for certain types of behavior by an association or by a board or by a member, in particular voter fraud. So those board elections that can get very controversial, there are now criminal penalties for messing around with those. Mike will give you a lot of detail tomorrow, but I just wanted to mention those couple of things. We continue to work on the unlawful inducement situation. In late April, there was another hearing on this. Um, it, it all has to do somewhat with a technical requirement that the rule reference unlawful rebates and that there be some connection between that language and the rule. That's fine, whatever. My goal is to get a rule that allows you to do legitimate marketing with realtors, with lenders, and the public and not run afoul of the rule. At the same time, I want to make sure that it gives the Department of Financial Services the tools it needs to stop those practices that are offensive to the spirit of fair competition, are detrimental to the consumer, and denigrate the valuable role that title insurance plays in maintaining the strength and integrity of our private property ownership system. That is quite a challenge, but we will continue to work on it. 
And I want to take a quick moment here to give a shout out to FLTA because I work very closely with them uh, and that great group of volunteers in this arena. And I would encourage every one of you to consider joining the Florida Land Title Association. There aren't enough attorneys involved in that organization, and they do a great deal of good for the industry. So I encourage you to do that. Jimmy talked a lot about change in his remarks. And those of you who have been members of the fund for even 10 years have seen a lot of changes. Those of you who have been loyal to the fund for 20 or 30 years, like me, have seen a lot of changes. And some of those changes might seem disheartening, even disturbing. But as Jimmy said, change is inevitable. It's our reaction to it that is the important thing. The 2017 fund might not look that much like the 1979 fund. That's when I became a member. But if you look really closely, the essence is the same. We are still committed to you, the real estate attorney, and supporting you in your practices. It doesn't matter that Old Republic is now the underwriter. It doesn't matter that ATIF Inc. has filed bankruptcy. What does matter is you help us tell your story. Why is it important to have an attorney present at a real estate closing? Why is title insurance worth every dollar of premium that the consumer pays? And what is it that you do to protect the consumers in that closing? You have to help us tell your story and you have to support us by writing title insurance policies through the fund. Those premiums are our lifeblood and are what give us the power to support you, like we have for the past 70 years and how we will in future years. I left a pretty great practice in Gainesville. I had great partners, I had great clients, I had great colleagues, most of whom are in the room right now. But I had this crazy idea that I could help with the challenges facing the fund, that I could take 35 years of private practice and help shape what the fund does to support you. I'm still optimistic about your future and the future of the fund. Time will tell if I'm right and if I am successful. In the meantime, I love every minute of being your general counsel. So there you have it, my perspective. I hope you found this week's podcast to be informative. Send me your ideas for other topics and speakers that you think would be valuable and worthwhile. And let me know if you found this helpful or not. And once again, thank you for your support of the fund. <laughs>